This is Echozoi Radio, episode 121 for May 2018, with Andrew Rappaport on Systematic Theology. Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson. I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 121 for May 2018 with Andrew Rappaport. Andrew returns for his second episode of Echozoi Radio. He's the founder and president of Striving for Eternity Ministries, which focuses on evangelism, outreach, and education. He's also the author of What Do They Believe? A Systematic Theology of World Religions, as well as What Do We Believe? Which is a systematic theology of biblical Christianity. He joins me this month to discuss the latter. As with any episode, you can get show notes for this one at the website. Every month I put together a bullet-pointed outline of the discussion, a list of scriptures that we reference during the show for your own deeper study, and when it's appropriate, lists of additional resources on the subject as well as related episodes from the Echozoi Radio archives. You can find the show notes for this episode at echozoi.com slash 121. That's uh, digits 121. With that, here's my discussion with Andrew. Andrew Rappaport. You are back for a second episode of Echo Zoe Radio. Yes. And I don't know if you listened to last month, but um, this is the first episode of the second decade of Echo Zoe and, Radio. And I did not make it into the, the best of episode. I, I, was, I was heartbroken. I was, <laughs> I was crying for... Well, the, what it was is you're too well known because I, I didn't want to like be too flashy with like the big name guests that I did. I wanted to take some of the... Uh-huh. And that's why you played all the big name guests. <laughs> well, what was the big name guest? I think I put a little Phil Johnson in there. That was the only exactly. real big... Yeah, but everybody else was like my friends. <laughs> Sorry, Fred. Oh, so, so Fred Butler categories? made it. <laughs> so I'm in neither of those categories. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not the big name guy and I'm not the friend. <laughs> And laying out the guilt trip and you just got <laughs> yeah, you Jewish. just gave I'm me Jewish. you just gave me like a half hour one-on-one free logos one-on-one lesson and now you're laying on the guilt <laughs> i love logos <laughs> are you happy with your logos you, you i did am the, the only thing the, i'm not happy with is that it didn't come pre-packaged with an extra day of the week to use it because <laughs> I don't have, uh, that's my biggest hang up is I wish I had like an extra, like 25 hours in my day so I could sit down and just use it and get, and I've had these projects that I've been had in mind and I've kind of started with. And the whole reason why I got Lagos was I was going to do this Ezra Nehemiah study. And, um, I've got the introduction like recorded, but I haven't actually put the whole thing together yet, let alone got into, okay, now we're in verse one. (laughs) So, uh, Well, here's the thing. end of the month, right? The the last Saturday of the month, I'm going to do that Lagos train you and I were talking about, uh, and it'll be on YouTube. Um, but I'm going to I'll and do anybody that. listening already missed it because this is the May episode, and so sorry, man. It's well, that's okay. It's on YouTube. You can go, go watch YouTube. it. 
it. And you can get your questions answered. I'll probably do another. It, it comes by demand when people keep saying, hey, can you can you teach us how to use Logos? And I go, okay, I'll put another class together. <laughs> well, that's what I need to do. I need to, I was in on, the, I was sitting in on it the first time you did it. I just need to pester you more. That's right. Just get on Twitter and poke you. Come on, Andrew, do another one. <laughs> it works well, you well. just pointed me to this, like, well, it looks like a really cool class, but it's like $400. <laughs> so sounds like you need a, It sounds like you need another fundraiser. Another fundraiser, but <laughs> I, I'm kind of feeling guilty that I haven't been able to make time to use the software for that, which I raised the first fundraiser to begin with. And I can't ask people for money until I can really get into that. <laughs> All right. So you and I are going to have to set some Saturdays aside, you know, for an hour, get you going. I will take you up on that. If you will. All yeah, right. I will take you up on that. So we are going to talk about systematic theology. You've been doing some study on systematic theology. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, we have a class at, at striving fraternity mm-hmm. on systematic theology. In fact, um, we have, it's like, I think uh, 80 classes and it's all, free that's how we make money um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we have on our school of i know how uh, you really make us raise money you start feuds with justin peters well yes because you know the guy is too humble and (laughs) will not receive gifts okay if if justin if you're out there listening accept a gift from a brother man (laughs) we just love you (laughs) He, he he was so no but i say that because you started this fundraiser for justin and you're like sending people to his website to donate money and i had no idea what this was for i see this on twitter i i or i don't remember where i was i saw this fundraiser come up and i'm like i know justin i love justin he's great and and that's a noble cause i'm gonna help andrew raise money for justin so i went in there and i threw in a little bit of money and then i start reading the back posts and i figure out that oh I just helped you pick a fight. <laughs> That's exactly right. Here's the backstory. So we're going to Shepherd's Conference and Justin Peters, I, I had given a guy, a contractor came in my house and he made, I'm trying to share the gospel with him. And he says, he, he's a Christian. He loves Joel Osteen. And I cringed. <laughs> you and, cringed. I think we can only imagine what Justin Peters would do. Well, here's what happened. I, I realized that I had only one copy of Justin's DVDs, Cloud Without Waters 2, left. Mm-hmm. And so I realized it's going to take me a long time to kind of peel apart to someone who gets a daily devotion from Joel Osteen to pull that apart. Mm-hmm. I just said, this is a, a DVD of a friend of mine. Would you please view it. You're going to be coming back in two weeks. Um, let me know what you think. And because I said, you know, there's a lot of issues with Joel Steen and, and it's going to be covered in here. So give it a watch and see what you think. So I told, I had tweeted that story and, and Justin said, Hey, I'll send you a couple of DVDs. And then I said, well, I'll see it at Shepherd's conference. Said, okay. I'll give you a couple at Shepherd's conference. And um, I said, well, I'll, I'll give you the money for him. He says, no, you won't. And I said, yes, I will. And that, that's what started it. <laughs> and so the issue was Justin was like, no, you're going to have to accept this gift for me giving you these DVDs. And I said, no, yeah, you're going to have to. But then he like mails you something and he slips money well, in yeah. it. And you write so this, return to sender. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, here. Because so, you're like, I know so you're a crafty guy. <laughs> we were at G3, or sorry, not G3, uh, a shepherd's conference. And 
literally before at the end of the conference, I slipped $20 in his pocket. He's so upset. Literally, I mean, it would have been funny if people had a video. I am running around the courtyard and he's chasing me in his scooter, <laughs> trying to give me the $20 back. And he finally comes up with the idea. He's going to outsmart me. He's going to slip the $20 in the, because he actually gave away all his DVDs. So he had to ship me some. So he figures he'll slip it in the, in the case, you know, with the DVDs. Mm-hmm. But he tells me this not very smart. He's not slick enough. So what did I do? Um, when I got a package from Justin, I just wrote return to sender <laughs> so that I wouldn't get the 20 You cost him an extra and postage so, fee. He, yeah. And so he decided he was going to one up me. And so he, he goes don- on your website. <laughs> yeah. He donated $30 to striving for eternity on the website. And I'm like, Oh no, you're not doing that. You you want to take my 20 and up me 30? Fine. I'm upping you 300. So I donated 300 and Ooh. I posted it. Now, what he didn't know, I mean, well, you started this hashtag me. war, this like yeah, I it, win what Justin or whatever. Was, this other gentleman, bald uh, Calvinist, is what he is on Twitter. He and I had been planning to do a a contest to basically say, like, hashtag is this Justin St- I win. Is this Steven? This is Steven. And we had been planning it, but we were going to reveal it much later. So what we ended up doing was when he donated it, I, I text Stephen. I'm like, I think it's time to, to reveal. And he goes, let's do it. So we started like <laughs> posting this stuff. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, people started donating. To, so folks, go to Twitter. Donate to, to go to justinpeters.org. Donate there. In, in the thing, put Hashtag I win when you donate in the comments, okay? Uh, hashtag it on, on Twitter. And and then, say, hey, but here's what I did as I went on. I'm like, I realized, oh, you just sucked me into your little bar fight with Justin Peters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then That's I exactly went over and I, I went to strivingforeternity.org. And, <laughs> and I donated to you exactly what I donated to him because I thought, oh, I'm going to wash that. my hands of this <laughs> bar fight. <laughs> Well, look, Justin's a great guy and anyone who knows him knows that. And he, he like, he doesn't want to ask for money or things. I'm just like, no, we're, we're going to do it. And so I actually talked to his, I did this, by the way, for full disclosure, we did this with his pastor's approval. (laughs) So you pulled his pastor into your bar fight with him. (laughs) Absolutely. His pastor donated and said, hashtag Justin, I win. (laughs) So, so we are encouraging people to go to justinpeters.org, donate to him and put hashtag I win in the comments. Keep that going. We're, we're actually looking to think, we're, we're actually thinking of doing a matching gift is what we're going to try to do is see if we can do matching gifts for yeah. everybody. Who donates I just, I didn't want to be part of your fight. That's why I went back and I thought, well, I'm going to counter punch <laughs> on Justin's behalf and at least it's two worthwhile organizations. So. Yeah, I mean, how do I lose? I, I get to, I get <laughs> there to, you go. It's a double blessing. Not only do I get to see Justin get blessed financially, but I get mm-hmm. to ble- be blessed knowing that I'm slicker than him and I've slicked <laughs> him yet again. And just so people know, like, you think this is funny. This is who Andrew is, like, in, like, this is private Andrew. He's not, this isn't public Andrew versus private Andrew. He's the same guy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I am this silly in person. <laughs> well, you know, people wonder that, you know, like I, I hear these people online. I see them online. What are they like when you just talk to them in person? You know, and, and I can tell you as far as the people I've done 120 episodes, I don't know how many guests that is. Cause I got a lot of repeat guests, but your episode 121 and uh, 
people are always the same privately as they are publicly, right? With a few Not exceptions. The, well, the people I've talked to, like, they're yeah. pretty much all like what you hear with me on the recording is what we have before we hit record. Like, the, they're that they're genuine, right? Um, there's a couple exceptions. People are uh, a little different. And and I'm not going to name names, but some you know maybe one of those bigger names that that uh, I've interviewed that wasn't on last month's episode is um, I think is a bit more introverted than you would you would you would think from his public pers- persona. I mean, he's nicer than you would see online or on on uh, shows, but um, he he's more introverted and more um, more more humble than you ever would think, you know. But for the most part, people are exactly what you see yeah yeah there's there are some people who put on a different public persona i'm i'm not one of them i know and yeah i am who i am i don't you know if people want to follow me or follow the ministry it's because they get some value out of the teaching Mm -hmm. that's that's it not but i appreciate your ministry not i mean for that and also for for this kind of thing you do this kind of stuff behind the scenes and and you you help (laughs) other ministries and you have fun doing it. You, you, you know, you kind of pick a fun fight that, that actually oh, ends I, up benefiting them. Fun fights. If you ever, if anyone ever is with Matt Slick, okay, just tell him, Hey, you owe Andrew Rappaport dinner. Just, you know, <laughs> okay. just I don't know if I want to know. But we're almost 12 minutes into the, we're almost 12 minutes into the, the, the recording <laughs> here. Uh, and let's talk theology and I don't, we haven't even gotten to systematic theology. So let's start. Like I have a bullet pointed list of, um, from your materials. And I just went through and I made a kind of a bullet and I think we'll just kind of go through some of the, the big topics and there's going to be a lot of crossover. I mean, when it comes to, I like to do related episodes cause the archives are getting big enough. I can do that. Or, you know, like stuff I've already talked about and there's going to be a lot of them in there this month. But uh, what is systematic theology? I mean, it sounds like a seminary term uh, for those of us laymen who don't have seminary background. How would you describe s- systematic theology? Sure. So, so let's start with theology. Theology comes from the word of study of God, right? So every Christian should be a theologian. Every one of us should study God, should want to learn about God to know God better systematic now is adding this idea that we're going to systematize it. We're going to take it and form it into categories. So basically what we're going to look to do is take the entire Bible and do what's called biblical theology, which is where you take a topic and you examine it from what the Bible says. And now what you're going to do is now systematize that into different categories. So we're going to go through the whole Bible and say, look at what does the Bible teach about the Trinity? And we're going to go through the whole Bible. We're going to, that's a category. And you're going to systematize the entire Bible into that. So that's in short what it would be. Okay. And there are different, I mean, you can buy books on systematic theology. I've got kind of behind, you can't see it, but I've got the John MacArthur one that he just put out uh, maybe a year or two ago. The big thick one that's like, yes. For people, I, are people going to get a video of this? And we're talking to each other in video and this fancy system you've got. We could, we could put it out. Sure. Okay. So it's, I don't know, you might see me there, but I got, I mean, it's thick. It's, it's like two inches thick, three inches thick. Um, but there are the theologians, people, uh, pastors, uh, people who teach seminary and stuff like to put out their systematic theology. There's there are different ones. Um, like, 
it's not just categorizing different aspects of theology, but making sure that they all go together, that one doesn't end up contradicting another. Yeah. The thing you want to do when you're looking at a systematic theology is you're really trying to answer some questions. You're trying to answer topics like, so you, let's say we'll, we'll start with the Bible. Let's start with what's, what's the Christian authority. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have 66 books in the Bible. The Catholics have more, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to say that the Bible is inerrant and infallible. Well, what does that mean? Those are, those are systematic theology terms. What it means is that in the original writing of the scriptures, they had no errors in them. They were flawless. Down to the very letter, it was exactly as God intended it to be. So when we look at it and we say we have God's word, the Bible, we're going to be able to say that this is what God through another theological term called superintending. And what that word means is that God works through individuals, Paul, John, Peter, so that they wrote, but they, they wrote very differently. And as they wrote differently, it was exactly as God intended it to be, so that Paul can make arguments even between a tense or a plural versus singular. Paul makes an argument in Galatians, and he's going to say the difference between seed or seeds. He's going to make that distinction. Now, that's something that you end up seeing even down to the letter, to the whether it's a plural or a singular, this is how God intended it to be. And so this becomes a doctrine that we end up seeing that we can say God wrote the Bible. And yet at the same time, we could say Paul wrote the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm assuming we're going to get the video. This is what I was talking about. The It's, it's a thick the thing. It's like biblical it's doctrine. Like from some, yeah. I mean, in like Richard some Mignon. cities, this would be bigger than the phone book. <laughs> but, and it's heavy. I, you, I don't know just, if it's like the you preacher's just Bible. yourself because some people are going, what's a phone book? <laughs> Well, imagine you open up your phone and you go to your contacts list and it everybody in the whole city is in there and every business is in there. And then you printed it. <laughs> and sent it out to all the homes. <laughs> and then you drop it on everybody's doorstep. Yeah. And, you know, so here's, here's it, a it was really... a great step stool when you're growing up, you know, and you, and you need to reach the next higher shelf. Oh, no, that was put when you got out of the high chair and you weren't ready for a big boy chair. Oh, yeah. And... That too, you yeah. The little booster that, yes. seat, sit on the phone book. Well, you grew so, up in so, the New York area. You must have had like several, like super thick ones, just like the well, Manhattan New Jersey, one. But yeah, we. I, I do. I do remember seeing one that had it by. Uh, that the, there were volumes, like it was two two different sets for the for those. But anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> so <laughs> I spent too much time setting up bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's the thing. So let let's look at what the authority is. Right. We we talk about the fact that we look at the scriptures. Um, why would I say that the scriptures, if they're written by God are going to be without error? Mm-hmm. Well, because Titus one, two says God cannot lie. Therefore, if he's going to write something, it's going to be without error. There's not going to contain lies in it. Um, we're going to look at the character of God. And one of the things I often say when it comes to theology, uh, y- y- as you know, there's lots of debates that go on in theology. Um, you you had on your 
20th anniversary or your 20th anniversary one sorry dating you already uh 10th anniversary one you had phil johnson i think you it's when he was talking about reformed theology with you yeah we were doing doctrines of grace yep yeah and so there was a difference right you made a change from one theological system to another there Mm -hmm. was not everything changed but there was some major changes that occurred and what you often find what most people don't do is start with the attributes of god but what you're going to find when you study theology is all theology is rooted in the nature of God. So someone comes up to me and so you already revealed that, you know, after talking to Phil Johnson, you're now reformed. So at least when it comes to soteriology. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Someone comes up to me and says, well, I believe that God looked down the tunnels of time, saw who was going to be saved and chose those people. Mm-hmm. Very and common Arminian argument. Yeah. Very common, very common. And I say, it's got a problem. Why? Think about what you're doing to the character of God. All of a sudden, you're putting God within time. Now God is a being that's bound by time and has to look down the tunnels of time because guess what? Not only is he bound by time, no longer eternal in that sense, but he's also no longer omniscient. You see, he had to see what you would do and then react to that. Yep. You had to first see what you were going to, what was going to be your reaction. And now all of a sudden he's not omniscient. So, so when people make that argument, they've just corrupted the nature of God without even realizing it. And so I say, start with the attributes of God, mm-hmm. you know, get Stephen Cronach's book, if you can find it. Um, and I think it's called the, um, I'm trying to look to see if I can actually see it from all the way over here, but it's like the, the You're existence in like a room full of books God. for those who are not on video who, who don't yeah. see the video, like the 99% of people who are going to hear this. And yeah, Andrew, Andrew sits in a ro- room full of books. A, that's only a quarter of my book. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you don't see that. <laughs> um, so, you know, but you know, one of the biggest things that we get into today, if you do any type of evangelism or defending of the faith, you're going to come into criticism over biblical reliability the bible's been copied the bible's been edited the bible the atheists have been making this thing that it's the telephone game Mm -hmm. you know i tell you that i write the bible down and i give it to you you make some mistakes you give it to someone else they they make some mistakes and by the time you get to the end it's nothing like the beginning Mm -hmm. and yet that's not the way the bible was put together the way the bible was put together is we have i would i would make several copies and I'd give it to several different people who'd make several copies and it would so on and so on. But we still have those copies. Unlike the telephone game where I tell you, and now it's done. You can't compare to what I said. Yep. When you write it down, we can compare. And if I send to you in Minnesota, a copy of, of a letter, but I misspell a word and I send another copy to, to Phil Johnson in California and another to Todd Friel in Atlanta. And you know, I, I send it to all these people. But we noticed that the one I sent to you, I have a misspelling, but I don't have it in any of the others. You can very quickly figure out the proper, what was the right way. If all the copies that happen in Minnesota have the same misspelling, then what it is, is you have somebody who got a a spelling error, but they were afraid to do it incorrect because they don't know what's correct. So they just copied it verbatim. Or maybe they don't even know the Greek and they're just writing what they say. Yeah, and I was just, uh, I think James White was just talking about this recently in and uh, made the point that that uh, the most accurate copies were 
were usually the people who didn't know the underlying language, whether it's Greek or Hebrew. Because because they they didn't know what they're reading, so they can't inject theological biases and whatnot into the text they're copying. So they're just like they see an alpha, they copy an alpha. They say an Omicron, they copy an Omicron. And and they just copy what they see. And the reason being is, as you and I would read something, we're going to say, wow, that doesn't read right. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound correct. And we're going to try to correct it. it. If that's exactly how God intended it, then put it that way. There's times where he has, you know, usage of words specific. And so, for example, in John, he says that, you you know, I write these things that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm-hmm. You already have it. Mm-hmm. It's not something you gain in the future. But if someone thinks it's a future thing, if someone's interpreting eternal life as heaven, they may say that you will get eternal life. Because they're thinking, they think they're trying to correct, they're going to assume someone else wrote it wrong. Mm -hmm. But yet that becomes a big difference. But going back to your original point now, um, there are already hundreds of copies out there that can be compared to. So when you see, we call a textual variant, it's not like that's the only copy we have. And so we've got nothing else to compare to. And so... The atheist can say, we don't know if this is what God intended, if your God actually wrote it, because we've got nothing to compare it to. That's not the case. Not only do we have thousands of other copies, because you didn't just write one copy, you wrote 10 copies and you sent it to all your friends. I can, co- I can check both of the original that you copied from and the nine other copies you made and compare them and see, you know, what's, what's different here. And, and if I see the only difference is that you spelled something wrong on one copy... Um, well, first of all, spelling error doesn't change a doctrine. It's, you know, if I can figure out the word, even though you spelled it wrong, it's, it's, I'm going to know the doctrine, right? Yep. So so when you look at it, right, 75% of all of the textual variances, those are changes that we see are spelling errors, Mm -hmm. spelling error and punctuation. And the original didn't have any punctuation that came many years later. The, there's 19% that are not meaningful. In other words, the meaning of the text doesn't change in any way. Yeah. Okay. There's 5% that are meaningful, but they're not viable. Okay. In other words, what that means is the, the meaning changes, but we can get back to the original. We could figure out what it should have been. And so you're dealing with less than 1% of these variances that are both meaningful and viable. In other words, you can't get back to the original and the meaning changes. So those are the ones where there's some issue there, right? Mm -hmm. There's 138,000 words in the Greek New Testament. And when you look at the words where we have variances with them, because we have, I think the latest number is over 8,000 manuscripts. Okay. That's a lot. And we can compare them. We don't expect to see many changes anymore. In as we find more manuscripts, we're not finding new variances that often. It's very it's becoming much more rare. So there's about sixty five hundred words out of the hundred and thirty eight thousand words that have some variant readings to them. So if you take the one percent, you're you're dealing with like sixty five words. Out of 138,000. I mean, even Bart Ehrman, in, who Bart Ehrman is a, an agnostic 
who loves to try to say you can't get back to the original in, in the Bible. Even he states in his book, Misquoting Jesus, the print copy, the paperback in the first edition, he even stated in there that not one doctrine is affected by any of these variances. So you have the variances, meaning it could say Lord Jesus or Jesus the Lord, Jesus Christ the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, those are four different variant readings, and yet it doesn't change the meaning at all. Which one's right? Well, you know, Bart Ehrman in his book, the best example he has for how we can't know the meaning of the Bible is he says that some manuscripts say Jesus Christ was a carpenter and others say he was the son of a carpenter. (gasps) I mean, I know so many doctrines based off of that. No, no, I don't. (laughs) There's no doctrines based off of Christ being a carpenter or the son of a carpenter. Okay, so we had a little uh, technical glitch there. Somebody's uh, internet hamster decided to take a nap, quit running (laughs) in the wheel. But if you do your job well, no, they won't even notice. No, well, <laughs> we, we just talked about it. So you, you kind of wonder, why did it get all weird glitchy there? So. Yeah, so what we're, what we're, we're as left saying was Bart Ehrman in his book, Misquoting Jesus. And if you're going to write a New York Times bestseller, you're going to put your best argument forward. What was his best argument? His best argument that he had was to say that Jesus Christ in some manuscripts, it says that Jesus Christ was the son of a carpenter. And others say he was a carpenter. And I mean, that just shocks you, right? It rocks your world. I mean, you know so many doctrines based on the fact that Jesus was a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, there's, there is none, right? Well, and that's the thing. It's like, he, he, you know, could he have been the son of a carpenter and a carpenter? Yeah, that could be. Um, but the reality is, and, you know, Dan Wallace, who is one of the experts in this field, what's called textual criticism, I was talking with him in a class and he had said that the 1% is actually a very conservative number. The more realistic number is one fifth of 1%. Wow. So one fifth so of 1%. Of 60, means, we're talking like uh, 12. It basically, yeah. What, it, what that basically says is that when it comes to trying to get back to the original text, and the original meaning of the text, the Bible is 99.8% accurate. I'll put that number up that we CNN have. any day. Mm-hmm. I want, I, let's see if CNN can have that kind of accuracy. <laughs> well, let's uh, move along. I, I could, we could talk biblical reliability <laughs> and authority all night long, uh, but we want to get through systematic theology. So I want to, you talked about the... Uh, about it all resting on who God is. That's right. And so let's talk about God. God's attributes, um, who God is, whatnot. Well, one of the first things we have to deal with is, is he triune? Is he a trinity? That's a big issue. It's a big issue. It separates a lot of Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Jewish people, uh, Muslims all separate on this Christianity, biblical Christianity is the only one that has a triune God. And I, and the reason why I like to point out how big this is, is that um, I always boil heresy down like damnable heresy. Like you're, you are not saved. If you believe this comes down to 
a, a mischaracterization of either who God is or what he did. And so in the Trinity is very, very fun, fundamental to who God is. And, and, and then kind of the little secret is if you get one of those wrong, you're probably going to like by nature, get the other one wrong too. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, I have a, a two minute daily podcast called the rap report. And, and last month I had one out asking the question of, do you have to know the Trinity to be saved? And if you think about that, a lot of people want to say yes to that. But in fact, for me, the answer was, no, I didn't know anything. Coming from a Jewish background, I never heard the Trinity before. Mm -hmm. But I believe that Jesus Christ was God. And so in, in that podcast, two minutes long, I was addressing the fact that there's, there's a difference between a lack of knowledge and knowing the truth and denying it. And so... If somebody has never been taught about the Trinity, but believes that Jesus Christ is God, they can be saved. Mm -hmm. But if they understand the doctrine of the Trinity and deny it, now I would have trouble believing sure. that they're saved. And I'd make that distinction when it comes to this. Well, that's important because um, a lot of people try, they, especially young Christians, new Christians will fall into the trap. They kind of grasp to some level the Trinity. But then they try to make analogies to better understand it. And you can't analogize the Trinity. None of that. Here's the real thing. This is how I, I take a very different tact when it comes to Trinity. Most people talk about the Trinity as if it is a problem. When in fact, the Trinity is a solution to a problem. If you try to remove the Trinity, and this is what I say to Jehovah's Witnesses all the time. If you deny the Trinity, you have a problem. What's the problem? Well, what you see in, in the scriptures is that God the Father is referred to as God. Jesus Christ is referred to as God. The Holy Spirit is referred to as God. God the Father has attributes only true of God. Jesus Christ has attributes only true of God. The Holy Spirit has attributes only true of God. You, you see that God the Father was involved in creation. Jesus Christ was involved in creation. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. Mm -hmm. You end up seeing that all three of them are referred to as God, either by title, by what they do, by their, their attributes. Not only that, you also see that these three persons are separate. You see that the Father's not the Son, the Father's not the Spirit, the Son's not the Father, the Son's not the Spirit, the Spirit's not the Father, the Spirit's not the Son. You, you see them distinct from one another. You can see that when they're all at the same place. At Jesus Christ's baptism, you hear the voice of the Father, you see the Spirit descending on the dove, and, it's, and there's Jesus standing in front of you. You see them separate, and yet, so you see them separated, and yet they all have the same essence. This is a problem that, that people have, and people don't think through. The problem is that you have all three members being referred to as God, having the attributes of God, doing the works of God, yet they're, all three are distinct from each other, separated from one another. And now you have a dilemma. How do you explain this? And this is what they were trying to work through in the first century to, to figure out how do you have this happen? And the, the only thing was to realize that the Trinity is the solution to a problem. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. The problem really is whether we're going to believe scripture or not. But the, the reality is that the scriptures reveal that all three members are God. How do you reconcile it? 
Well, we reconcile it by saying that there's one being in three persons, three separate, distinct individual persons known as the Father, Son, and Spirit, but one divine being known as God. And if you err in any of those, if you try to say at one time he's this father, then later he's the son. Modalism. Modalism. Mm -hmm. That's a problem because they're all distinct, but they're all seen at this together. Yeah. So you, you see, if you don't take this, you end up in errors one way or another. But when we look at it consistently. So we want, as humans, like we want to try to come up with some analogy to try to understand that because it's hard to conceptualize that one being can exist in three different people. And so then you get into those modalistic analogies and they all end up coming back to be modalism. You, you know, water can be um, liquid, solid, or gas, or you know, the, the egg, you know, the, the yolk, the white, or the shell, or, or uh, a man being father, son, and brother uh, kind of thing. Those are all modalistic interpretations. Yeah, and if you do not accept the Trinity, then you have a problem. And the problem is you can't, you cannot resolve. And so what do you have to do? You start denying the deity of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And the one that gets attacked the most is Jesus Christ. His, he gets attacked the most. I, I'm actually working on a book that'll come out. I hope sometime soon, <laughs> but it's right now. The working title is Jesus Christ claims of deity. It goes through the Gospels looking at Jesus Christ and the claims he makes of being God in three areas, his words, his works, and his witness. So the words he says, he outrightly claimed to be God. John chapter 8, John chapter uh, 10, he makes a claim of God. He says, before Abraham was, I am. They pick up stones. They want to stone him. Why? Well, what is the reason they say, the Jewish people say they want to stone him? For you being a man claimed to be God. They understood what he was no. saying. You have to understand that the language changes. I, I, I did a podcast with guys from the bar podcast. And, you know, they're hip and all into culture. I'm not. <laughs> we were joking about how words change. I mean, you know, cold, right? We call it cool. Well, no, cool has a totally different meaning. It mm -hmm. now means hot, you know, bad means good. And he was laughing at me. He goes, Dude, those are so old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> old school, right? It's old school, yeah. yeah it's old so, school. You know, we have to understand the words, what they mean at that time. So how do we know what it is Jesus meant when he said, before Abraham was, I am? Mm -hmm. When they pick up stones to stone him and he says, for what good works do you stone me? And he says, or, or sorry, the Jews say, not for any good works, but you being a man claimed to be God. They understood what he was saying. And if you keep reading there, he doesn't try to say, oh, hey, no, guys, you got it wrong. Right. No, he doubled down. Yeah. Okay. So he's clearly saying he's God. But you know what? If you read through the Gospels, and I'm going to encourage you, everyone who's listening, read the Gospels this way and look for where Jesus Christ does things that only God could do, like reading people's minds, showing that he's omniscient, mm -hmm. forgiving sins. Healing people. And I don't mean the healings we see, you know, by Todd White and these guys that just, right. you know, make your, your leg move a little bit. No, we're talking actual he yeah, real the, healing. The, uh, the Todd Whites and whatnot, they'll, they'll like kind of partially and they'll say, well, you know, a week from now you'll be fine or a month from now or whatever. Yeah. If you have enough faith, the slowest healing 
that you'll find in the gospels was the blind man where God, where, where he, he was partially healed. And then, and then Jesus healed and then Jesus rubbed his eye again. And then all of a sudden he was fully healed. Like it was right there. It was like, you're not going to leave and then come back next week because you haven't quite got it yet. Well, you, you take the, you take the man who was lowered through the, through the roof Mm -hmm. And here he's, he's not walked. He would have atrophy. He's not going to, he's not going to get up. What does he do? He gets up and he's leaping. Yeah. That's not. So he not only healed him, but he, he like, he had the, the, the mental, like he, he had that mental training put in his mind to be able to know how to use those legs. He's never used before. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you look at that passage, what does he say? He says, your sins are forgiven. And the Jews think they didn't say this. They think in their minds, who is this man? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He answers what they thought. Yeah. Now, you could sit there and say, well, he just knew what they would be thinking. You could say that. No. But when well, you how could did he know old, that the woman at the well had five husbands and the woman yeah, and the man well, that's not with him now is not your husband? Exactly. When you start going through all the gospel and see all the times he shows omniscience, you end up realizing this was not just a, a one-time thing. He wasn't mm-hmm. doing just good guessing. Now, what's, what the, one, what's the one... What's uh, the one? People are going to ask, well, what about like him not knowing the day or the hour, right? Okay, so let's let me deal with that. Yeah. Okay, because this is one that many people don't understand. Okay, Jesus Christ says, uh, "No man knows the day or the hour; only the Father knows." Mm-hmm. Okay. First time I heard that being preached in church, I heard my pastor for twenty minutes trying to explain that in Jesus Christ's humanity, he didn't know things, but in his deity, he did, and I was very confused. Mm-hmm. And I walked up to my pastor afterwards. And I said, I'm, I'm very confused with what you were preaching. He said, why? I said, because that's a Jewish idiom. And he said, excuse me? It's a Jewish idiom referring to a wedding. When, when a Jewish man would get married, he would be, he would, you'd actually have him, he would be betrothed and it could be a year before it's consummated. And during that time, he's building onto his father's house, a room. And when the father decides that he's ready, the father will say, go get your bride. The bride doesn't know when it's time. It's not like they set a date. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the groomsmen will run ahead of the groom in the streets to go get the bride and they will announce the wedding. So that the, the, basically people run ahead to let the, the bride know. But he doesn't know. The son doesn't know the day or the hour. Only the father knows that is a Jewish idiom. It's like when we would say, I'm so hungry, I can eat a cow. I can't literally eat a cow. Mm-hmm. But so people will turn to that and not understand that he's using an idiom, a phrase of speech to refer to a wedding that any Jewish person at the time would have known. So that objection just doesn't. It, it doesn't hold water. Doesn't hold water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and but you look at that but, time and he, he, he said to this guy, your sins are forgiven. And they're questioning who can forgive sins, but God alone, what does he do? What's easier to, to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. You know, both are easy to say, aren't they? Yeah. I just said both of them. Yeah, but one's going to be immediately visible. And you, like, did the guy, does he, is he, does he have the authority to say what he's saying? Is, exactly. It, One is validated right in front of them. And so what does he do? So that you know the Son of Man, hold that title for a second, but mm-hmm. so that you know the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, rise up and walk. He turns to the guy and doubles down again and says, so you know that I do have the power to, get, to offer forgiveness to sins, get up and walk. And what did he call himself? Son of Man. Why? Well, think about this. Jesus Christ uses the title Son of Man more than anything else mm-hmm. to refer to himself. 
if I kept having to remind you I'm a human being, at what point would you start to say, dude, of course you're a human. What, what else would you be? Not only is it a reference in Daniel to deity, but you end up seeing that he is reminding people he's a human. Why? In the first century, they did not question his humanity. Sorry, they didn't question his deity. They questioned his humanity. In Gnostic thinking, they thought that Jesus Christ was God. He wasn't human. He had to keep reminding them he's human. So when we look at the deity of Christ is an essential thing when it comes to systematic theology. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting a little distracted because I can hear uh, my kids upstairs. I hope you can't hear that, can you? No. Okay, good. No, my kids are adult, and I don't hear. I don't hear young. I don't my hear oldest is eleven. My <laughs> oldest is eleven. I got to. They go all the way down to two. Well, okay. But, should uh, Should we do an exclusive for you on your? You know, this has not been said publicly. What's so that? I, I guess I can give you an exclusive. What's that? Because because it'll be known by the time you air this. So my children are older, and uh, I am about to give congratulations. I'm giving away my daughter. She is getting married this year. Awesome. Congratulations. So, so exclusive there for you. <laughs> now I you heard uh, it here first on Echo Zoe Radio. <laughs> congratulations. I don't know what to think of that because I uh my youngest is is my daughter, and she's the only daughter I have. I've got four and um and I had no sisters. And uh so it's it's quite it's quite an experience for me having this little girl, like, um, I can't imagine giving her away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, It'll come. But. This is my youngest and she is, she's my little girl and it's going to be hard, but well, my, uh, sister, got a great guy. My she's sister, got a great guy. That's, that's awesome. Praise God. My sister-in-law Very just, common, uh, gave birth, um, Monday. Oh, congratulations. The, the, they also have three boys and now a little girl. Oh. And, uh, this is their first girl. And, uh, I was texting my brother-in-law and I said, you know, girls are awesome and they're daddy kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very busy person and I'm trying to figure out how to pay for a <laughs> I just got done with college. Oh. I said, Can you give me a couple of years to pay off the college bills? <laughs> yeah. My wife's going to hear that and she's going to say, see, we need to put money in more money in the 529 plants, so we don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. We could talk at a different time. <laughs> yeah. That so let's move on to, uh, we've got, we've got God and Jesus Christ and, uh, sin is another big, uh, s- subject heading in systematic theology. Yes. yes. And it gets into the fact that when we look at sin, we have to start with the fact what, separates again Christianity from most world religions is you see that we're it states that we're born with a sin nature that we have you know David will say from my mother's womb I was conceived in sin it doesn't mean his mother did something wrong she didn't have an adulterous relationship to conceive him it means that from the womb he had a sin nature you see us clearest in Romans chapter 5 12 and following where because of one man sin entered the world and Every man has that. Now, here's an interesting thing when it comes to sin, by the way. Jesus Christ did not have an earthly father. Some interesting things of Christianity that you see with Jesus Christ. Judaism is the only religion in the world that I know of that comes through the mother, not the father. You're a Jew if your mother is a Jew. 
why Jesus, I think it's because Jesus didn't have an earthly father. We see from Romans 5 that sin is passed on from the father to the children. Jesus didn't have an earthly father. Therefore, that sin nature wasn't passed on to him. So I'm sorry, Andy, but when your kids misbehave and your (laughs) wife says it's your fault, she's theologically correct. I gotta, I'm going to have to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want your wife hearing that part, right? But it's true. Theologically, your children are sinners because you, you passed it on to them. And we have this original sin that started with Adam. Now, people say, well, but wait, you're saying I'm responsible for what Adam did? No, no. Adam was our federal head. And the best way I can explain this, at least to Americans, um, when George Bush was president, we decided we were going to war with terrorism. I don't know how you go to war with an ideology, but <laughs> we, the Congress and the president voted. So we're not a kingdom. If we were a kingdom, we would have a king make a decision. But we had our federal head, which is Congress and the president. They voted for us. And guess what? We were at war. In World War II, we were at war with the Germans. Now, not everyone voted for war, but we were at war with them. That's what the federal head decided. And that's that federal headship, it works in this way where Adam is our federal head. Um, because of what he did, sin was imputed to every one of us. And we are now, we sin because we have a sin nature. If you don't believe that, just watch the news. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that we sin. <laughs> but but that brings about about the fact of, really creation, the fall, and the promise. The, the the fact that, you know, God created everything. He created it good. He created Adam and Eve good, but they fell. And in that fall, we look forward to a promise in Jesus Christ. And that's really what brings all that, we, we said together, into the doctrine that we would talk of, of soteriology or salvation. And this is going to be a thing. I, I, I'll go back to a podcast I did. A, a rap report podcast last month um three podcasts three two-minute podcasts so you can get the whole thing in six minutes what makes christianity unique i i could actually define it in six minutes because i did it but when it comes to salvation that's what separates christianity from every man-made religion and really what it comes down to is every man-made religion is going to put human effort Human works as somehow being a role in getting right with God. And what do we see in the Bible? We see that it says God did it all. We had no part to play. It wasn't us. He did 100%. We did nothing. We sinned. That's what we did. We, we made a mess of things. And he comes down and saves us and reconciles us to himself apart from anything that we do. And that is essential because you'll sit there and say every other religion, Mormonism, Jehovah Witnesses, Islam, Judaism, they're all going to say modern Judaism, I should say, Second Temple Judaism, not Mm -hmm. the Judaism we find in the Bible, but Second Temple Judaism. All that we're going to end up seeing is that this is teaching us that they believe in works, that humans add to what God did. Even if they say, as the Roman Catholics do, we're saved by faith plus works. And if Catholics want to say they don't believe in a work salvation, explain to me purgatory. How do you get out of purgatory? When you work off your deeds. Mm-hmm. 
You want to say Buddhism doesn't believe in it. Well, how do you get into a better life the next life? Based on the works that you do in this life. So they're all based on works. Every man-made religion is going to be based on works. The true religion is going to be the one that says God did 100%. That's Christianity. Christianity is the only one you're going to see that has a God that's fully just and, and fully merciful. You can't have those two, by the way. They're mutually exclusive. Okay? You can either be just or you can be merciful, but you can't be both. Okay, so what you end up seeing with those two is that God was just that Jesus Christ paid the fine fully. 100% of the fine was paid by Jesus Christ. Now that that was paid, Jesus Christ can be merciful. Now he can offer mercy because the payment was paid. That's why Christianity is the only one. Islam could say Allah most merciful, but they don't have a God that's merciful because they, they are going to have a God that just randomly gives you, just says, okay, you did some bad things, but we're going to let that go. We're going to let it slide. Mm-hmm. And all of that leads to really the final doctrine that gets talked about. Well, we could talk about the church, mm-hmm. right? That's, a, that's what the, where we live now. We live where we live in a church age. And the, the definition of what the church means has changed through time. Okay, but really where all this leads is to the eternal state. Where are we going to spend eternity? What does it mean to have eternal life? What it means to have eternal life, according to John, is to know Jesus Christ and have him. To to know God and Jesus Christ is eternal life. And we have that now, according to John. That's not a future. Yeah, I was going to say that. You already brought that up, and that's so important. And it's it's kind of easy to overlook that eternal life isn't something we get when we die because we're in Christ. It's something we have already. That's right. And that should, that, that should be the source of all of our joy. And not only that, you know, let's get into some of the debates that people have. Can you lose this salvation that we talked about? Well, let's think about that. Let's put the systematic theology together. Mm-hmm. If we have eternal life, how do we lose that? Yeah, if you lose it, it's not eternal. Exactly. And, and furthermore, if in Romans 8, God says there's nothing you could do to separate you from the love of God, mm-hmm. then how did we lose that? How did we separate? It, it comes back, get, come back to the question of the attributes of God. Is God faithful? When he says that he's going to save you and that he won't let you go and that no one could pull you out of his hand, but then you say, but I continue to do these sins. Look at what I do. I've, I've, I pull myself away. Are you stronger than God? Mm-hmm. He's saying he's not going to let you go, but you can pull out of his grasp. You see, it's a fundamental difference of understanding of what salvation is. Salvation is God paying the fine. A full 100% of the payment was on the cross. How could you receive that gift of all of your sin being paid and then have it not paid. God would have to make the gift of salvation revocable. But in fact, Romans 11 verse 28 says the exact opposite. Speaking of the gifts of salvation, God says this gift is irrevocable. Well, then I guess it's irrevocable. It, it won't be pulled back. God's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give us salvation and pull it back because we did something wrong. He didn't say, I paid all of your sins, but uh, not that I one. forgot about that one. Yeah. 
And, and also think about it. Is God not omniscient? Did he not know when he saved you? Did he not know all the things that you don't know yet? Did he not know the sins you were still going to do? Yes, he did. And he said, you're forgiven. Mm -hmm. And he forgave you of all of the sin because he knows all the sin. Even though you and I, Andy, we don't know the sins we're going to commit tomorrow. I mean, I could go out tomorrow and commit a heinous sin of trying to get people to donate to justinpeters.org <laughs> just so that I could have bragging rights that I out, outsmarted him and outslicked him. And I may sin in a heinous way like that, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that tomorrow. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> just saying. Hashtag Justin, I win. I think we call that a, is that, is that a callback? <laughs> <laughs> Justin finally conceded, by the way. I will say that. He, he did tell me he was conceding. But I told him I'm not done. <laughs> I don't want to be in your bar fight. <laughs> well, I can hear my kids upstairs. Um, it sounds like they're uh, they're playing Ninja Warrior or something. <laughs> and uh, it's probably getting towards bedtime. So I... Uh, Thank you so much for being on. I want to, I think we have one kind of important thing that I haven't brought up at all yet. And that That's is right. where can we get more of this subject? Well, all that we've been talking about tonight is all in a book called What Do We Believe? And it is a systematic theology of the Christian religion. You're holding up a copy right there. If for anybody who in the, like the three people who, who, who did the cool. video, <laughs> there it is. And, and, and it says, you know, the very important part right down there. And my version, say it says Andrew Rappaport. Oh, I thought you were referring to the forward by Phil Johnson. That's oh. the most important Well, part. see, my little camera thing <laughs> is, is uh, showing me a mirror image. So I had to go from memory. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, that it is available at whatdowebelievebook.com. Right now, it's only available at the Striving for Eternity store. We're going to be having it out soon uh, in Amazon, and soon it'll be coming out in Kindle. But right now, we have it at the Striving for Eternity store, and the way to get there is just to go to whatdowebelievebook.com. And I believe that you and I talked about this earlier, but you yeah. are going to get three copies to give away to promote your podcast. I'm not getting them. Three listeners are getting them. Three listeners are getting them for you, but you're getting them to give away. You'll, you'll get yep. three so, that you can give away. Uh, but I never talked about how I'm going to determine who gets them. So well, that's for you to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> so just contact me somehow, whether it's through Twitter, Facebook, email. You, uh, you probably can figure out how to contact me. I, I know a lot of people will reach out through Twitter. That's a, usually an easy way to do it at echo Zoe or at uh, my personal account is AVG Andy average Andy. Um, just let me know. Hey, I was listening. I'm interested in Andrew's book. And uh, if I only get, if I get three or less people reach out, you're going to get one automatically. Otherwise I'm just going <laughs> to draw numbers out of a hat or draw names out of a hat. Um, it's, this is the May episode. So I will make the deadline um, May 31st. We'll just say by the end of the month, if it's still, still may and you contact me i'll put your name in the hat and then i'll make that drawing um as i'm writing the june episode so and they should share this episode yeah and then like as far as like how to get like if you want to buy the book which i would encourage you to do um to to kind of get a swing at, at that bar fight that andrew's got if you want to get back <laughs> at him on justin peter's behalf you could buy a book from from andrew 
Um, I will have a link to that in the show notes in this being episode 121, echozoe.com slash 121. So you're welcome, Justin. I, I got a little, it wasn't so much a punch as much as a flick, but it's, I got that in there for you. Um, we the- were going to do a video at, at Shepherd's Conference of him beating me up with his crutches. <laughs> <laughs> that would have gone viral. Rolling over you with his uh, scooter while you're down. <laughs> well, I was already getting a lot of grief because I, we took a picture. I came up behind him and I, I put him in a, a rear naked choke and it wasn't tight. It was very, very loose. Mm-hmm. Anyone that knows what a rear naked choke is and looked at that knows it was very loose, but it was great for a picture. And the, I just gave my phone to this guy. I said, quick, take a picture. And I walked out. Justin did not even know I was behind him. And uh, so, yeah, that was fun. People gave me grief. Like you're, you're choking out a crippled guy. <laughs> we we never fun. got to the video of him beating me up with the crutches. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll see Justin again. Oh yeah. I'm go. I'm actually going to be speaking at his church in October. So well, yeah, there you I, go. I was, yeah. And uh, uh, I want to talk to you offline about you, you're probably getting ready for a conference season. You're a big conference guy. Right. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're we've been tapering it down. We got some other things that are gonna be announced probably actually this month when this when this drops. We'll probably be announcing it in May. But we have some big things that we've been working on. So we haven't been as focused on the conferences. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we got we got a lot of big things at Striving Fraternity. Uh so you know, you folks wanna just go to strivingfraternity.org and check it out. We're going to have a new website dropping. And with that, there's going to be some other features that we're adding in. And we've been working at that, but we do have a date set for what used to be called Jersey Fire. Mm-hmm. We've changed the name because ever since the Strange Fire Conference, everyone thinks our conference <laughs> You're on the other charismatic. side of it. We're using it in the biblical sense to fire Christians up to warn lost of the fire to come it's judgment fire Yeah, it's not strange jersey fire it's just jersey fire right yeah so it's we're now calling it equip new jersey or equip jersey uh but we're gonna have equip jersey equip ohio and equip norcal and so if i could afford it i would i would bring you here into equip minnesota but we can we could do that we could talk okay we can definitely talk because i think that you know, if you if you look at echozoe.com and I have a uh, I have a current fundraiser and it's just for operating expenses and and it was for September last year through the end of this year was eight hundred dollars and that's like more than I would actually need so that's our budget. Here's the thing. But, here's the thing. In, in all honesty, and this is the way Striving Fraternity operates. We have monthly donors, and we we encourage people to give monthly. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we have is we have monthly donors to be able to allow us to go into smaller churches, smaller regions where you don't have a lot of the big name speakers will come into. Okay. This is what makes us a little different. A lot of the big name guys are going to say, how many people do you have? How much, how much does it cost? You know, they, they, they want to make sure it's worth their time that they're speaking to enough people and they're getting paid well enough. We have a totally different model. We, we, trust that our monthly donors will help us to go into churches of maybe 25 people. Oh, wow. And we'll do, we'll do seminars and, and we say, hey, if you can afford to cover our expenses, great. Sometimes they don't get covered. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's what we have the monthly donors for. Okay. Well, maybe but, we'll talk then, see if I can get you, yeah. To, yeah. Get you to Minnesota. But then God, that would mean if I bring you, I probably got to get up and speak. And I don't know what I, I can say on what I know well enough to speak on. So. <laughs> Well, we could do a Bible interpretation made easy seminar and then you don't have to speak. We come in on a Friday night, Saturday, and we, in one weekend, we teach people everything that's wrong with what they're hearing on the radio. The other issue I have is venue because my church actually rents space from another, uh, it's a messianic 
congregation that we rent space from. Okay. So we don't, I don't have a, you know, it, it, we don't own the building. I can't just go to the elders and say, can we use a building Saturday? Well, maybe the other, but, maybe uh, you get that church, you know, to, I mean, you can end up doing, getting a couple churches together and mm-hmm. do things I do together. have a friend that could maybe get me in on, uh, it's on the other side of town, but we might be could could work something out, but uh, we could work it out. Cool. We could talk yeah. offline. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind yeah. for sure. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, but I mean, but I, I, mean, think- I want to make sure people close that. Um, I, I kind of, it was kind of tricking people, I guess. I, I mean, I, <laughs> um, you know, I mentioned last well, you, month, you, I did you, mention you what I think about you doing read the book. What do you think about it? I love it. I mean, it's a very easy read. I mean, I am a slow reader and I was able to blow through this and understand it. And it's, um, it's, it's, uh, great for all levels. If you're a new Christian, if you're a seasoned Christian, I mean, it, it works very well. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to teach somebody who's a newer Christian. It's going to reinforce somebody who's, uh, been a, a believer for, for some time, you know, I'm almost two decades, a believer. And, uh, it's always great to, you've got a lot of scripture, a lot of scripture. So, which is great. I mean, there's nothing better than reading the word of God. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, it was a good book. I would recommend it and I'm going to put it in the Echo Zoe library. So, um, I don't have a library that big. Like you said, um, I only see a quarter of it. That's scary. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and then you see piles of books. So like I have just a big pile up there. You <laughs> well, someday, like so, maybe off, off, off record, and I'll let you pick up the camera and give me a tour. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but well, Andrew, I, I thanks for the. I appreciate you having me on. I well, you reached out to me. You wanted to show me this uh, the system that we're talking on, and uh, yeah, and I like it. And not only do I like it, it sounded like it might suit me, and and I can not have to pay for it either. Because, <laughs> well, you were saying like. I was afraid this was going to be one of those hundred dollars a month kind of systems. It was like, I, you know, interview one person a month. It's not worth that, but, um, but free is in your budget. Free is in my budget. Well, there are limitations, but the limitations wouldn't apply to, to my, uh, format. So yeah, I'm, I might use this and it, uh, I like it. It's, it's a little better than Skype. I mean, notwithstanding the little hiccup we had in the middle, I have that yeah. with Skype too, but, um, that's because I need a new computer. Uh, well, you know, it's maybe it's those New Jersey hamsters just got eaten by a rat or something. Well, no, it's, it's my computer. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the book, what do we believe? I like the title because, uh, didn't we talk before on what do they believe? That's, that was my first book is what do they believe? And, uh, but so we talked was, about hermeneutics when you were on before. When we, well, hermeneutics, well, the, what do they believe is a book on the world religions. That's on, yeah. on it's going to cover Judaism, Catholicism, Islam, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormonism, and Christianity. And it's going to go through the same, pretty much the same doctrines that we go through in what do we believe, but it's going to take it from their sources and look at. So they're companions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my board members is starting to try to force a trend. Mm-hmm. I have a book that I've never planned to publish. I, I have like a hundred pages or 200 pages written on this book on evangelism. I'm like, ah, there's enough out there. But he was, he was wanting that one to come out, but he, he wants me to change the, the title to that. He wants it to be called, you know, uh, for evangelism, what should you tell others? Then he want, he, he was thinking like the one on deity of Christ, it should be, what did Jesus believe? Um, you know, he says, I should do a book on what should you believe and make that a gospel presentation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I see the trend you're trying to create. 
Is that is that that's not Steven, is it? Huh? No, no. Okay. Is one of the guys on my board, Frank? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the episode. I appreciate the book. I hope uh, people get it. And like we said, um, so just send just send me something, a tweet, a uh, Facebook message, you know, on uh, something. I just got to remember, I don't go on Facebook much. And with all the stuff that's been in the news, we're, we're recording on is it April 12th. Um, Zuckerberg was just in front of Congress and all the <laughs> privacy stuff's coming out. I don't like Facebook. I'm I'm itching to get off of it, but. If I'm still on it at the end of the, by the end of June, well, um, contact me through there. Tweet this episode out, share this episode, and tag Aver- There you, you go. Know, there you Aver- go. Well, at Echo Zoe is uh, is the easy one to remember. Yeah. Um, you can either one will work if if I as long as I see it, um, I'll put your name in the hat. So. Cool. Well, thank thanks for having me. It's it's good being uh being in a, a new decade for you, being the first of <laughs> in a new decade. Well, yeah, it feels yeah. It went by so fast. You know, I only had one kid when I first started. Now I've got four. <laughs> <laughs> lots, uh, lots happened. But... And you only had one gray hair when you said no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna hit stop now. <laughs> Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax-exempt status, and your donations are tax-deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.com support. That wraps up episode 121. Thanks for listening to Echozoe Radio. For show notes, visit echozoe.com slash 121. And please do check out the show notes. Among other things, there's a link in the additional resources section to buy Andrew's book. Be sure to check out the website also for links to connect to Echozoe on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and love to connect with you. So follow and like Echozoe Ministries. Also, don't forget to check out Echozoe Answers. It's late coming, but I do have an episode that should be out in the next, uh, maybe hopefully a week or two, with a question about the cliche, come as you are. And then, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back next month for the June episode of Echozoe Radio. 